You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media application for outdoor enthusiasts, and it's designed by outdoor enthusiasts. If you want more information, visit Google Play Store and download the app or visit timetogowild.com. Let's get outside. It's time to go wild. Welcome, folks, to the Freshwater Bite Podcast, your source for everything freshwater fishing. I'm your host, Lee Kleino, and on this podcast, you will hear from diehard anglers like yourself, the backstories of those anglers, techniques they use, gear reviews, and everything in between. So if you like fishing, turn it up, because this episode's about to kick off right now. Oh, Happy New Year, everybody. We're back for episode number 14 Happy New Year 2019. That sounds crazy to even say. 2018 flew by for me. Um, You know, I launched the podcast in 2018, so it was kind of a big year for me. And uh, I joined the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, which is where you'll be able to hear this podcast going forward um, on the RSS feed over there. So what you do is you just type in Freshwater Bite Podcast uh, in your search engines on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever. And uh, you'll see it pop up. Maybe on iTunes, you might see two of them temporarily, but then you'll see the one that says Sportsman's Nation. That's the one you're going to want to subscribe to. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a review if you guys want to. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to 2019, and I hope you guys are too. But on this episode, my guest today is Ashley Ray. Ashley Ray is the founder and creator of SheLovesTheFish.com. She writes blog articles about her fishing adventures. She's got a great following of diehard anglers like herself. And we get into how she grew up fishing and got started into it. Also, her past achievements here this summer with getting into the competitive side of fishing and her thoughts on that. And just where she sees herself down the road and how she wants to, you know, evolve her career and and stay in, in the sport of fishing. And I think Ashley offers a very honest and unique opinion, especially being a girl and being such a large name in the fishing industry. You know, it's really inspiring to hear someone like her kind of give her two cents on where she sees things going, what she's doing to promote the sport, especially to get more women involved in the sport. And uh, yeah, so here's Ashley. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. All right, well, we'll just get started here. Um, you know, it's Ashley, welcome to the podcast. I want to thanks, you know, thank you for coming on today and I know our schedules have been very very busy and it's hard to sit down this time of year especially being around the holidays. So I just want to say thanks for coming on to do the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to chatting with you about fishing. Yeah, doing a little bit of education here uh, um, from your neck of the woods. So, you know, just for some of the folks out there who don't know you, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, more in the grand scheme of things, and we'll get into the woods on everything, but just kind of like, you know, how you grew up and and got into, got into fishing to begin with. Well, my story is kind of funny. Um, I'm not from a fishing family, but I was really lucky to be introduced to fishing by a family friend um, when I was five years old. So that's the first time I got out on the water and uh, my passion has only grown over the years. And uh, now I spend as much time on the water as I can um, all throughout the year. And I I love uh, targeting multi-species. 
Where'd you grow up at? So I grew up in um, Napanee, Ontario in Canada. Okay. And uh, now I live not too far from there in Ottawa. But uh, I'm fortunate to travel around to fish throughout southern Ontario and sometimes beyond. So there's lots of amazing fishing around here. And I love uh, exploring new water. So, so there's, uh, there's endless water I've never touched here too. So growing up as a kid, like what, what was your main body of water that you kind of, you know, learned, uh, you know, cut your teeth on and, you know, try new techniques on like, is there, was there like a main body of water that you went to? Um, well, I, as I mentioned, I was introduced by a family friend and, uh, it was a friend of my dad's. He owned a lodge on a lake called Lake Hashwackamack. <laughs> Which I laugh because when I was a kid, <laughs> five years old, trying to say that, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I bet. So I, we would go back there in the summer and he would take us out trolling for walleye. So that's where I started fishing. And I grew up in Napanee area. So um, the popular body of water there is the Bay of Quinty, which I'm sure you've heard of. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that's where I spent most of my time. But as I said, I love to travel and fish new waters. So. But to me, even though I don't live there now, that's still my home water. Okay. So when you were growing up, did your dad just kind of like drop you off to this this family friend and say, hey, I'll pick you up in a few hours? And, uh, you know, were you asking him to, to take you there all the time? Well, we didn't live close by. So um, my dad's a carpenter and he would go back to the lodge um you know, maybe one or two times a year sort of thing. And he would go and help fix up the cabins and stuff like that. And we'd get to go out fishing when we were there. So it wasn't often by any means. We tried to get out there every year or a few times a year. But it's something that I really, really enjoyed. And as I got older, I just thought, you know, I want to do more of that. Okay. And as you evolved over the years, you know, you, you were growing up. Tell everyone how you kind of... um you know, because obviously you're well known in the fishing industry. I know about you. A lot of other people know about you. Uh, tell us about how you kind of took your fishing passion to the next level with your with your blog. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just I I'm a strong believer in doing what makes you happy. And you know, there's been lots of times in my life where I wasn't. Or, you know, I went through difficult situations and it just kind of made me want to focus as much time as possible on what makes me happiest and doing what I really enjoy. So back in 2009, I started a blog. Um, and before that, I mean, as a kid, I was always writing in a diary and a journal and stuff like that. So I decided back in 2009 to start this blog and just share my fishing adventures and, uh, it's evolved quite a bit over the years. And yeah. <laughs> How did that start to catch on when like, so you're writing this blog and I mean, at first did you, I mean, did you get much feedback or any feedback? And then, you know, was there any kind of like main breaking part or, or a certain blog article that you wrote that kind of put you more on the map or the mainstream? And then you were like, okay, you know, this is something I definitely want to continue or just something that you just kept continuing to write and write over and over and it just took off? Well, one big moment for me was uh, I entered a contest with the World Fishing Network to win a dream fishing vacation. 
and I had to make, well, I had to, you know, there's different entries. You could submit a, an article or a video and I decided on a video and I made this really cheesy video and I ended up winning this contest. It was open to residents of Canada and the United States. And I got to go on this dream fishing vacation and it was a situation where people could vote every day. So I had a lot of people pulling for me. And then when I won the contest, I thought, you know, I'm going to document this adventure through my blog so that people can see, you know, how it went. Yeah. Um, I ended up going to Tobago and doing some deep sea fishing. Okay. So I would say that was definitely a big moment where people were connecting with me and following my adventures. And then aside from that, just putting out a lot of content is what I do. I mean, I'm trying to post as often as I can. Um, I used to probably, I could say, I used to write a lot more for my own blog, but now I'm writing a lot for other websites and blogs and publications. So I don't put out as much content on my blog as maybe I used to, but still as often as I can. And, you know, I'm reaching new people from other sites and, and uh, publications, so... What are some of those other spots that like folks could see some of your other work or your posts or things like that outside of your blog? Um, there's quite a few. Um, I write for a lot of tourism organizations around here and, and, you know, a little further away. Okay. Um, okay. I write for Ontario parks, um, Midwest outdoors. They do a magazine. Um, it kind of changes. I mean, sometimes I write an article or two for a site or sometimes I write monthly or, you know, might have a project going on. But um, the easiest thing to do is visit my site directly, which is shelovestofish.com. And then you can see I've got a link on there to some of the other um, organizations that I write for. Oh, okay. And when, you know, when you're writing for these other organizations and things like that, now, are, are they still just about your adventures or is there like certain topics that, you know, or techniques that you write about? Or is it more just still like kind of that this is what, you know, this is what I did last week or, you know, I just got off the water and this is what I'm I'm writing about? Well, one thing that I feel pretty strongly about is, uh, or at least, you know, my preference is that I prefer to write about experiences Mm -hmm. And I think that education comes naturally within writing about, you know, your adventure on the water or day or exploring new water. Um, I don't like to, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of like product pushing and stuff out there in the fishing community already. So I don't write that style. I mean, there's nothing wrong with education, but I just try to keep it to my preference, which is, you know, writing about an experience and Within that, you know, I talk about what I'm doing and what I'm using and stuff like that. But I try to keep it just more focused on the experience because that's what I really love about it. Yeah, I think it, I think that's important too because, like you said, you don't want to come off as too pushy or anything like that. And you know, I think some sometimes even I I'm, I fall victim to this as well. Is like when I talk about something or a technique or something that I do on the podcast, you know, it's what works for me. And it might be something that folks were like, well, that's yeah. not how you're supposed to do it. Or that's not what I use. And, you know, 
you, you know, I, it, there's a lot of opinions out there. And when it comes to fishing, that's the nice thing about fishing is everyone can put their own style into it. Um, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's like, you're always making your own mark on how to catch fish because, you know, it's like the old saying goes, there's a ton of ways to catch a fish. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there's a million different ways and so many different products and techniques and all kinds of stuff out there. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And I just try to keep it, you know, this is what worked for me, not like, Hey, you need to buy this. It's like cutting edge game changer and all that. <laughs> I just try to keep it natural. Yeah. And that's probably a lot easier for you to write your blogs then too, rather than forcing something like, Oh, I have to sit down and try to come up with a topic or something to write about is if you can just write about your past experiences or, you know, what you do, it probably comes a lot more naturally as well. Yeah. And I mean, I think a majority of what I write about is, uh, adventure, like experience based. Like I went on this trip, I went to this place, I explored this water. Sometimes I do write educational pieces as well, because I, it's important to, you know, share and teach people and, uh, and get more people into fishing. But I think, you know, you can wrap that up into, you know, you can include that into lots of different ways of writing too. Right. And when you go to all these new different bodies of water, um, are those ever intimidating to you or is it something you just kind of pregame ahead of time and really try to break down the water with maps and things like that? And then when you get on the water, just kind of, do you give yourself a few days on that body of water to really dissect it? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I actually love going to new water because I have no memories there and no, you know, I'm not fishing like memories from the past. I'm just completely, you know, exploring a new body of water. And sometimes I get a few days. It depends on the situation. I mean, sometimes I'm traveling and I literally have a day on a body of water and I need to try and catch some fish so that I can talk about the fishing there so i put in a lot of work ahead of time a lot of research looking at maps using navionics um satellite imagery and stuff like that and you know as much as i love writing as well i also enjoy reading other people's articles because you can learn so much about fishing new water just from reading you know blogs and articles from other people too and when you go to these lakes, do you typically have a, a certain type of species in mind that you you try to hone in on or you just kind of try a couple different techniques, different areas and see what's biting and biting for you? Uh, no, I'm usually focusing on specific species. Okay. And it really depends where I am, like what's there. Um, I'm lucky that no one says to me like, hey, go here and write an article about bass. Like <laughs> it's usually hey, go fishing and talk about it. Like, so I can target which whatever species I like usually. And sometimes I even try to check a few off the list just to show variety on some of these waters. Yeah, and I'm sure it's something to, uh, you know, to prove to yourself as well. Like, hey, you know, I know this body of water is known for walleye or or smallmouth or something like that, gigantic smallmouth. Yeah, I'm going to go out there myself. Sure. I'm going to go out there myself and, you know, prove to myself uh, you know, let alone others that I can, that I can boat a few of these fish. For sure. Yeah. What's your, what, what's your favorite new body of water that you went to this year? Oh, 
Well, um, I've had ice fishing on the brain a lot lately just because we're getting to that time. Are you guys getting any ice and over there? There is ice here. Um, I just put my boat away. There's still open water south of here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, people are definitely ice fishing. I have not done it yet, but I should be getting out over the holidays, hopefully. Okay. But as for my favorite body of water, it's really tough because I'm lucky to fish a lot of new waters. Um, but one memorable fish from this year, which was actually technically like last winter, but still in, in this year, um, was uh, a lake in northern Ontario called Windy Lake. Okay. And I went there to write a story for Ontario Parks. And fishing was so tough. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, like, is this going to be the time where I don't catch a fish? Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and then I caught, uh, I caught, I was targeting lake trout. So I caught one little one. So I thought, okay, you know, pressure's off. Like, I know there's fish here, but can I catch them? So that happened. I caught a smaller fish and then caught the biggest lake trout I've caught. And I didn't wait, like, I didn't have a scale with me, but. It was a blizzard outside. I was sitting in a shelter, in a portable shelter. Um, my significant other, Eric, was outside, just hopping around, fishing different holes. And I hooked in, in this giant fish, and I started yelling to him. And I looked out the window, and it was a complete whiteout. So I couldn't see him at all. I'm like, Eric, Eric, I got a fish. And couldn't, couldn't hear him, couldn't see him. So I just kept bringing the fish up and then finally he showed up at the right time. And I have this really cool photo where I'm in the shelter and he opened the door to take a photo and the snow is just coming down. So you can see all the snow in the photo and like this big, beautiful lake trout. So is that on your Instagram? Definitely one. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm sure. I, well, I definitely posted it, but it's a few, quite a few months ago. Let me think. I'd have to check exactly when I was there, but yeah, okay. that was w one memorable fish for sure. And how was it when, you know, were you jigging in the shack or did you have like a dead stick next to you or what? Uh, nope. I was jigging. I had a flasher. I marked the fish. It came up and, you know, I had to coax it a bit into biting and then it hit and, I was eating a sandwich at the time and I threw the sandwich across the hut and I think I found a piece of it later. <laughs> that's, typically, yeah. that's typically how it happens. They come in when it's not not the most convenient part when you're not trying as hard and when they show up, it's usually game on. Exactly. <laughs> now, have you ice fished your entire life too? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I, I was introduced to ice fishing later on. Like I can't remember how many years now, but... Not when I was a kid, that's for sure. It was sort of later on in life, I met some friends who were pretty into ice fishing and I went out with them. And I think that, you know, especially early season, but, you know, it's good to go out with other people on the ice. Like you should, it's, it's fine to go out on your own, but it's good to go out with friends and have other people with you just for safety reasons too. Yeah, my buddies and I, when we go ice fishing and when I got into ice fishing, it just opened up this whole other world, almost like this, I don't know, it's 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 still fishing, but it's like a whole new hobby, if that makes sense. It's like this whole other way to fish, oh, yeah. you know, socialize, and it's got a bad stereotype attached to it, I think, in the mainstream where folks think, you know, it's kind of like the grumpy old men scene where 
people think you go out and you just bring a bunch of beer and sit in one shack and you don't move and <laughs> you know things yeah. like that but really like you know we fish Saginaw Bay all the time I'm from Michigan and you know you're constantly moving you're you're trying to pattern the fish uh, especially in larger bodies of water and things like that. And it's just, you know, it's a whole new mindset of having the right gear, you know, if you got a sled, um, you know, moving around a lot. And it's, it, it's so much of a different challenge to me than, than open water. It's, it's hard to describe to some folks who might not ice fish, but it's like a whole nother hobby that you can get into. And just, it is such a blast. Yeah, I agree. And I, I really like the social aspect of it because I mean, you know, you're fishing out in your boat, you've got someone with you or friends with you, but when you're on the ice, you can have a bunch of people and you kind of cover water together. And I don't know, I, I've just had some really fun experiences getting out with a group of people where you're kind of fishing nearby or, you know, someone hooks into a fish, everyone runs over and it's just, uh, it can be more social for sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So now I want to get into a little bit of the competitive side of you, because I've, I've kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've always been competitive, but I've seen it evolve more over the past year, especially on Instagram. If we follow you on Instagram, tell the folks what you, the big, the first big tournament that you won this year or what you got into. Yeah. So to be honest, I'm not very competitive. Oh, you're not. Um, no, like I, I used to fish more tournaments before I owned a boat. I actually joined the Bassmaster Club. Okay. So I fished in tournaments there, and then I just and then I wanted to become more independent. So I decided I got a fishing kayak, and I fished out of the kayak, and then I got a boat after that. But I haven't really fished a lot of tournaments. Um, in compared, you know, in comparison to some people who are pretty avid about it. Mm-hmm. But with that being said. Over the summer, um, a friend of mine, my friend Eric Luzak, we fished a tournament together on the Bay of Quinty, which is my home water. And it was the FLW Canada Cup. And we ended up winning the tournament, which was amazing. And then through that, we qualified to fish in Alabama on Lake Guntersville at the Costa Championship. So... It's a pretty memorable summer and fall. <laughs> so, t- what? So, just because it was on your local body of water, you're like, "Hey, what the hell? Let me let me enter this thing and see see what kind of damage we can do." Or, well, what happened was um, Eric. He fishes FLW events, and he contacted me when he found out where this tournament was and said, "Hey, can, do you want to fish this with me?" So. We partnered up, you know, we both own boats. We pre-fish separately. We pre-fish together. We put our time in out there. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't have fished that if he hadn't have asked me, but, you know, by putting our heads together and the experience that I have there, it really helped us to take it home. <laughs> Is it something you think you're going to do in the future? Um, we're going to fish the event again next year. Okay. Um, but I'm not, you know, I had a blast and, and it's really inspiring to fish these events and, and to go down to Alabama. Like that was an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm not sure that I'm going to be pursuing, uh, a career in tournament fishing. Um, it's just not quite the same here in Canada. We don't have, 
you know, we don't have the caliber of tournaments down here that, that uh, you guys have in the U.S., but, you know, I'm definitely excited to fish the FLW Cup, Canada Cup again next year, and hopefully year after year. So, so how many boats were in this tournament? Uh, I think there was 80. 80. That's a pretty big, that's a huge mm-hmm. crowd. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then in uh, in Alabama, there was 200, 300 boats. Oh, my God. How'd you guys so, do there? Um, So I ended up finishing. So I, I entered as a co-angler. So here in Canada, we fished as a team. And then when we went to Alabama, I was a co-angler. He was a pro. But we weren't fishing as a team anymore. It was a random pairing. Okay. So we would be fishing with someone random each day. Um, I finished 44th on the co-angler side. And then they also had an international division. So I finished second in the international division. Holy shit. And then Eric finished... I can't remember his overall finish on the pro side, but he finished first in the international division. So now he gets to go to the Forestwood Cup next year, which is amazing. Where's that going to be held at? I can't remember. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I'm just, just curious. Dude, I mean, the FLW is huge. And for you guys to win it, not only in your home body of water, like you said, it's like a yeah. you know, a, a ticket to a, a then a bigger stage. And you know, you can get a feel if you if you kind of like that competitive fishing or not. And well, you know, like you said, it's, it it might be something that you just kind of do locally. And if, and if you do well enough, you can go to the next step, but I fished. Yeah. And I mean, we only have the one event here in Canada. Uh huh. Like there's only one FLW event. So that, you know, that leads to, uh, format here and we don't have the same uh or we just don't have as many tournaments so okay i fished the nwt for the first time also as a as a co-angler and it was the same thing the random pairing um with a different pro every day but yeah you know it was my first time on a bigger stage like that and even when you grow up fishing your entire life it's it's always cool to see how some other um anglers you know, view a body of water or how they dissect it. I mean, I learned so much information and techniques and things like that are just how to approach a different scenario with, you know, what the weather was that day, um, you know, how we were trolling or what jigs we were pitching and things like that. And I learned so much information, you know, I, and I, I've encouraged folks here, even on the past on the podcast, that if they haven't done something like that and they've always been interested, don't be intimidated by it. Sign up as a co-angler first because you can, you can really get your your feet wet and and see how it all goes down. You know, um, the weigh-ins and things like that, and, and and see if it's something for you or not. Yeah, absolutely. I I loved the opportunity to you know fish down there in Alabama, but. Uh, you know, the guys I fished with were super nice and fishing was very different there too. So it was a really good learning opportunity. Yeah. Fishing in the South too. That's, they always say it's a different animal down there on those lakes. Um, oh man, it was so tough because there were, 
multiple tournaments going on. There was like a Spro Frog tournament with 300 boats. And then there was another tournament the same day, like 300 boats. So, I mean, our big event here on the Bay of Quinty was 80 boats. So, so having that many people is uh, on the water is pretty crazy. But I mean, even with that many people, it was such a big body of water that I didn't see even a fraction of those people, yeah. of those boats. So. Yeah, just the whole process of like getting there early, you know, finding your pro, helping your pro launch, getting in the boat, talking about your game plan. I mean, all that was really exciting to me. And, you know, like I said, oh, yeah. I mean, it was such a blast. I had such a good time doing that. Um, For sure. So uh, the next thing I want to get into and ask you about is I've noticed that you said, well, if you go on your social, you can see it, but you just did your, is it your third annual ladies uh, weekend? Yeah, I did. I uh, hosted a ladies walleye weekend, the third one, as you mentioned, and oh, it was so much fun, <laughs> and I can't wait for next year. Um, so this event started just from a random late night idea that I had, where I thought, you know, fishing for walleye in the fall in the Bay of Quinty is one of my favorite things to do. So I thought it'd be really great to get a group of women out there just to experience it. And I started with one event. I planned it like a few weeks before um, it filled up and now it's into the third year and, and the fourth year is sold out already. So that's a good sign. Do you always do it in the fall? I do. Yeah. So the walleye on the Bay of Quinty, um, there are walleye that live in the Bay year round, but we get the migratory Lake Ontario walleye that come in. And they come in late, well, early fall, feed up and, well, feed, feed, feed throughout the fall and winter months. And then they spawn in the spring and head back out to the lake. But what's amazing is just the size of walleye that are coming into the bay. And it's just, you know, world-class fishing opportunity. And how did you how did you get the word out about this? Like, so like, you know, I know that you, you had this late night idea. Is it something that you, you sent out on the blog or asked, um, you know, women to, to be interested if they'd be joining it or how'd you get the word out about that? Um, so I use social media to get the word out. I posted it on my blog, you know, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, even LinkedIn and stuff like that. And the women who came, um, I had one girl that I knew before that, like before the trip. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the women that came, I didn't know them. They just heard about it online and, and wanted to come. And that's been the case. You know, I posted three of the wall events and then I posted one ice fishing event. And some of the women have been coming back year after year. But each year I've also had new people as well. And there's been two women that have come all the way from Texas. Jeez. It's, yeah, so that was pretty cool. That's probably their <laughs> first time catching a walleye. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one girl, I don't think it was her first time, but it was definitely, she got into her biggest uh, walleye while she was here. So that was exciting for her In, and me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's probably. I mean, it's probably just as much of a rush to to see these um, these women, you know, catch you know, fish of a lifetime essentially. Right. Cause you're, it looks like you're catching oh, fish yeah. over 10 pounds, which is 
which is massive. Yeah, they get spoiled pretty quickly. Like at first, it's like, oh yeah, like awesome, a fish. And then afterwards, it's like, woo, oh, okay, that one's not a 10. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was pretty funny. They got spoiled, but some amazing fish were caught and I, I filmed some... I filmed some of it and I posted a video. I don't know if you saw, but the biggest fish this year was 13 pounds. And uh, when that thing came over the the gunnel, it was a lot of screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lot of my screaming too. (laughs) Yeah. If you caught one that big before. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, so, I mean, you know the feeling. I mean, but I'm still thrilled, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to see any big walleye. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's mine or someone else's. Well, I bet you it was just cool for you to, you know, it's it's your event and it's something that, you know, you probably have a lot of pride in and, you know, to teach them how to to, to catch fish of that caliber. That's That's got to be something that, you know, is not only inspiring, but, you know, something that, you know, hopefully sticks with them, you know, and and, and you know, I guess that's my next question is, you know, when you have these, these weekends, is it, um, do you find a, a need or a, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, are you trying to put the word out there to encourage more women to get into the sport of fishing? Yes, absolutely. And, uh, that is, you know, one reason why I, I do this event and, you know, I get out there, I'm lucky to have my own boat. I get out there fishing for a while in the fall. But for this event, I've paired up with some local friends of mine who are guides so that we can get more people out. So they have larger boats and, you know, these guys are amazing anglers. It's a really good learning opportunity as well. And with having the two boats, we can get eight women out. So it's pretty awesome. Okay. And then, you know, when, before the women come in, do you, when it, do you send out like, Hey, is there a certain technique that you guys want to try? Or do you just say, Hey, t- you know, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to teach you. Um, is it kind of like an open forum where they're, you know, they're asking questions about different techniques or are you guys, are you showing them new things that maybe they're interested in trying? Um, well, we're definitely in discussions. Like we start our own little Facebook groups and, and chats and stuff leading up to the trip and just to get everyone in touch and talk about, you know, what they need to bring. But we are trolling for the most, well, we are trolling exclusively for this event. Okay. And, uh, the guys have all the equipment and gear because I mean, this type of fishing is, uh, a little more specific. It's not like, you know, the girls are going to bring out a trolling setup, you know, cause a lot of them don't own a boat. So this is just something that they, right can show up and and give it a try and and you know it is a great learning opportunity too because as i mentioned you know these guys spend a lot of time on the water so and they're successful so um everyone learns a lot and you know i think most of the women who've come have caught like their biggest fish ever so it's uh it's awesome what were you guys trolling just crankbaits or something like that that time of year Yep, um, with uh, planer boards and, you know, it's a, it's a fun body of water because the fish are not holding to structure. Like, they're moving around, they're roaming and uh, chasing bait around. So, there's a lot of water to cover and trolling just seems to be the best way to get it done out there. I mean, a lot of people jig as well, but 
it's tough. I mean, if you're trolling, you can move around. The fish are moving around. You can kind of get on top of a school and just keep passing over it and hitting different depths and stuff like that. Yeah, and trolling such an art of itself, right? I mean, there's so many different ways to troll uh, you know, crankbaits, you know, you can introduce them to lead core or the planer boards and, you know, even bottom bouncers and things like that. And, you know, that's, that's cool that they get to see all that kind of stuff and, you know, maybe it'll inspire them to go back and get a boat and get their own setup. For sure. I mean, I, you know, when I got out there trolling for walleye, I didn't own a boat at the time. So, and I mean, now I'm out there in my own boat. So, I mean, that's really what it takes, just getting inspired and, and the opportunity that I think that's important too, because I spend a lot of time out there in the fall and I don't see many women out there. And that's another thing that sort of sparked the ideas. I thought like, this is so much fun. Like there's really, you know, more women need to experience this. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what started. And I mean, I, I knew that one day I'd have a boat, but I started out. I, yeah, I bought a fishing kayak and then eventually got into a boat. So got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that, I guess that was one of my questions is, you know, I, I think you, I mean, obviously you grew up fishing and you kind of have that perspective. Why do you, why do you think there's not more women, um, involved in the sport of it is it just you know the intimidation part of it and that's what you're just trying to break down those barriers and show them that like hey it's you know you can get out here and do this yourself kind of thing yeah i don't know i mean it's it's definitely a male dominated sport but there's no reason why you know there's no um advantage to being male or female on the water so i don't know i mean it's i think it's just one of those things where you know, back in the day, and you know, some people unfortunately still have the mentality that it's a guy's sport. But you know, on the flip side, I've met so many people who are supportive of of women getting out there fishing. You know, doing stuff like this podcast is just it's it's positive because it just shows other women that you know they can do it too, and there's really no reason why not. Yeah, and the reason why I really took to it too was, you know, I have two little girls of myself and, and I, you know, I'm introducing them to fishing and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I want them to grow up to, to know that just the outdoors in general, but fishing, you know, it's, it doesn't matter who's out on the other end of that line. It's, you know, anybody can do it. And, you know, it's, it's very, it's awesome to see people like you out there that are, you know, have programs like this where, maybe women have had a little apprehension in the past and they can go try something out like this first where, you know, there's, there's no one there judging you or anything like that, but they can learn that, you know, look at you're out there kicking ass and doing it, winning tournaments and things like that. It's, it's really not that hard. And, you know, if you put your mind to it, you know, it's, it's a blast. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that. Um, I grew up in a family where, you know, my parents gave me the same opportunities as my brother. So I never thought of fishing as a guy's sport at all. And then once I got older, you know, (laughs) you meet people that are kind of discouraging, but I just let it be motivating instead. Well, you also carved your own path into it too. Like you said, like documenting your, your blog and 
people can follow along with you and, and see that you're out there, you know, weekly getting after it. And, um, you know, that's, that was a very unique way of doing it. I don't know that many other, I mean, I'm sure there's other bloggers about their women bloggers about fishing, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. You know, it's definitely growing though. And it's really cool to have, you know, social media at our fingertips to be able to connect with people because the female demographic is the fastest growing in the sport. And I, you know, I meet women online all the time that are into fishing and it's just like instant friends, you know, because we have something in common. And when I hold these events, all these ladies show up who don't know each other. And within a few minutes, everyone becomes friends. Like it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And I mean, the same goes with men as well. It's not like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where when you share a common interest it's really easy to chat about it and it just creates some pretty cool friendships so you know looking down the road for the next i don't know five to ten years where do you see yourself or what are your aspirations um in the fishing industry um it's tough i mean i don't i have things that i want to do but i don't like to tell anyone i just like to do them (laughs) Sounds okay. weird, but, uh, but, you know, I, I think I can't imagine that it will be like, can you ever imagine yourself like quitting the blog or not having the blog or going to do something else or anything like that? Like, would you, would, are you considering like, I don't know, getting into guiding or anything like that? Well, actually this year I did launch a guiding service. Um, I planned to do it earlier, but my year got so busy but I just launched a guiding service to teach women how to fish just because I know okay. it's something that, you know, people have been asking me about it. And, and I meet a lot of women that have never tried fishing and they want to try. And I figured, you know, I, I started this program called ladies learn to fish just to get more women out on the water. So, so I started that, I started at sort of the end of the season. I wanted to start it earlier, but I had a lot on the go and I, I wanted to make sure I did everything right. You know, I had to get, I had to do some courses like first aid and make sure I was Transport Canada approved and everything and switch my insurance over. So there was a bunch of stuff I had to do to get that in place, but I'm really excited for next year to get it really going. Okay. Yeah. Like you got to get like a. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, answer your question. I can't imagine not having my blog. Um, writing is really my preferred way of sharing my experiences because I am a shy person. So writing is easier for me just to get what I want to say and, and, you know, make, cause whenever I do like something like this, I'm always like, Oh, I wish I said that. I wish I said that. Like, it's just, I guess, human nature, but I like writing because I can really kind of put focus into it and and say what I want to say. But I am trying to do more video, which is challenging as a shy person. Isn't that tough? Oh, my yeah. God. Video is so tough. Fishing. It feels so unnatural to me. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I like your photography. Your your photos are really good that you put on Instagram. So, I mean, you're getting the photo part of it down. Thank you. I'm lucky. I mean, I, I put a lot of time out there, but I, I'm also very lucky. I have a significant other who enjoys fishing as much as I do and and uh, he's gotten pretty good at photography as well. 
yeah, see, I'm out there trying to take photos by myself and they're turning out awful. Because <laughs> usually well, the fish I'm is moving around. The... Too, what I... Go yeah. ahead, what? <laughs> what I do is uh, set up a tripod with a timer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I try, also I try to... had a little remote too. You can get a remote for your camera so that you can okay. use that. What do you shoot with? Um, I shoot with a Sony right now. Like the um, A7 like II or something, or the Alpha II? It's an A7R Mark II. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a nice one. Mm-hmm. I got a can- I've got a Canon 80D that I've had now over a year, but it t- those cameras, it takes a long time to figure those things out. I know. <laughs> I'm sort of like, I-, I know, you know, my way around it a little bit, but I also use auto mode a lot, <laughs> which is probably bad, but it works. No, that- yeah, it works out great. Well, hey, I wanted to just again thank you for coming on to do this. I think you did a great job, and you know you're a great ambassador for not only uh, inspiring women anglers out there, but also just the sport in general. And you know you've got a you've got you've earned your seat at the table, and you're, you're out there dominating. I I wish you luck in the future. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I appreciate your kind words, and I'm really glad that we got to chat. Yeah, this is awesome. Well, perfect. Well, uh, where can everyone follow you on? Obviously, shelovesthefish.com, correct? Yeah, that's the easiest way to find me. I've got all of my links to Facebook and Instagram and everything on there. So that sounds good. All right. Thanks again. That's it, folks. That's all. That's episode number 14. I want to thank Ashley again for coming on the podcast. And, you know, I think that was a good one because... Like I had said in the beginning, it's really great to hear her perspective on it. Uh, someone coming up through the industry in a male-dominated sport for the most part. But, you know, that really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Uh, the fish doesn't care who's on the other end of that line. And uh, it was really interesting to hear her perspective on it. And I just want to thank her again for coming on the podcast. So head on over to shelovesthefish.com and check out some of her content, blog articles and things like that. And follow her on social because... You'll see her journey as it progresses throughout the year and all the different things that Ashley's doing, and it's really fun to follow. Well, guys, we're, we're here in 2019, so let's keep it rocking. we got a lot of great things coming in 2019 here on the podcast and the Sportsman's Nation in general. So remember to head on over to the Sportsman's Nation, check out all the great content and the new um, contributors coming on there and the new podcast that we're going to have over there. And remember to subscribe to the podcast as well and leave a review and a rating if you like it. And uh, if you guys can just do me a huge solid and follow me on Instagram because that is where you're going to see uh, upcoming episodes when they will be launched, when they are available and uh, everything that we have going on here at the Freshwater Bite for 2019. So thanks again for listening. See you.